This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Right, hello again, and thanks for joining us for Shrimp Net number nine. How did that so quickly? Uh, um, this is all the latest that's happening on and off the field, and I can say that for about the first time since a long time, because uh, we've got two guests with us tonight, as you can see if you're watching. Um, we have a returning visitor who's like a, a migrating bird coming flying south for the winter. Um, and we are delighted to welcome our boardroom guru from Dan Sarf, who is, for some reason, um, are you stood up? Are you hot desking, James? Standing, standing desk now, Freeze. It's all the rage. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, you're trying to prove how young you are, you see, by hot desking. Yeah, I'm impressed. So James Wakefield's joining us for the first time since March. A very, very honourable pleasure to have you, sir. Thank you for doing this. Yes, for having me, as ever. Thanks, Freeze. And uh, we are joined also by our, our latest arrival, who, uh, who has come to us on loan and enjoyed a very, very successful start to his shrimp's career. Uh, a warm welcome to James Connolly, on loan from Bristol Rovers. His accent may be a bit more familiar. Hello, James. Hello, right, lads. <laughs> oh, I see they are. Good old Bristol accent there. All right, my answer. So where do we start? Well, uh, you may notice, you may notice quite deliberately I've we're going to talk about Forest Green, we're going to talk about Accrington, and my first line on both of them may well be familiar. So Forest Green, uh, could have been four by half-time. Joel, discuss. Yeah, I think I, I we'll obviously come to the Accrington game in, the sec in a second, but yeah, the last couple of games, we've just looked like a really good, solid League 2 team. We've created a lot of chances. We've been <coughs> relatively tight. I think we've been pretty tight at the back. We haven't given much away. And yeah, it's it's just been really good to see. There's been some nice link-up play. Obviously, with with Jan Sanger being suspended, Jake Taylor's coming to midfield, and we've kind of adapted quite well to having him in there. And that obviously Eli King is kind of the, the the nominal kind of defensive midfielder now. And then you've got Jake, who's who's a really good ball player. And I think we've kind of made the most of that in the past couple of games, really. And we've been we've been you know creating some really good chances getting some good headway into the opposition half i think we probably actually created better chances against accrington i think maybe against forest green it was a lot of territory but that said you know their keeper james belshaw obviously emergency loan from bristol rovers as well uh, and you know he's he's a, he's a very good keeper for this level he's a very good shot stopper in his day and he's you know he's probably quite a big reason as to why that we why we've not got more goals and yeah it was just really pleasing to see i think it proved a bit of a point Regarding away performances, I think obviously you worry that there's a hangover from last season. Um, Mansfield game aside, I don't think we've been really that bad away from home this season. I think Harrogate, we weren't amazing, but we did get on the wrong side of a couple of decisions. Gilliam, just a, a good team, very good team away from home. So, you know... You don't want to read into those too much. And then obviously, look, Mansfield, we tried something a bit different tactically and they were very good in the day and we got done. And that happens sometimes. But I think we showed against Forest Green, definitely. And I, I think we showed against Gilliam the week, a couple of weeks before that we are able to perform away from home. But I think we just held up in those kind of key moments a little bit better against Forest Green. Maybe it was a little bit of an easier prospect, them having such a poor home record and Gilliam having done quite well this season, despite the fact that they've sacked Neil Harris today. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just good to see. And I think people have this build as a bit of a rubbish home record versus a rubbish away record. But I think we've proven from this game that. Yeah, I think we've proven from this that, yeah, the results haven't gone our way, but the performances have been building there. And yeah, and, and it's come to fruition. Hopefully, if there is any psychological hoodoo. Uh, on away games that's kind of been cast away and I think the performances have been building to this so it's really good to see Yeah I, I think uh, I've written down it's the monkey off our back which uh, yeah. is a pretty old saying uh, because once you've got that first one out of the way you know, obviously 
it's not in the back of your mind anymore. And I'll come to, and I will call them young James and middle-aged James. I'll come to young James now. Um, from a fan's perspective, I, I actually thought 2-1 actually flattered them quite a lot, James. What were the, what were the team's thoughts? Yeah, it did, to be honest. Um, yeah, we, we thought at half-time we should have been more up. That was the only thing. I think we played really well. We came in at half-time and... Well, the gaffer was just saying, lads, we, you know, we should be winning by four there. And we were all the same. It's, you know, it's worrying sometimes when you're only one up. Not worrying, but especially playing at the back, you'd want to have a cushion in them games, you know, because when you're on top so much, you know, you go to Forest Green away, they're going to have a spell second half, aren't they? So, you know, you want to create a cushion for yourself, but we just said stick to it. And luckily, we got a second goal after half time. And then, that's the way it goes sometimes in the league too. You know, you're going to have to hang on and defend well. I don't think you've done it. So, you know, it's not too bad. And that's what happened in the end. Obviously, they brought Matty Taylor on and, and they've got they've got some they've got some good strikers. Uh, they got one back and they got a bit of wind in the sails, but thankfully we, we, we did hold on. But it, it was, they never looked really as if they were going to challenge us. But when you give them a sniff, every team's got something in them, haven't they? No, yeah, that's the thing. That's where we are a little bit disappointed because they should have been out of sight, as I said. But I think you, know, you look at their team on paper, they're, they're some good players. So they played 90 minutes and stuff, and they've got some good players. So you know, you're not going to expect to go there and four or five if you do. It's a big bonus. But you know, we just take the three points and move on. And I think looking back, maybe the way we dug in at the end, that'll put, probably put us in good stead. So not complaining too much. No. And I'll come to uh, middle-aged James now. <laughs> uh, and like I say, got, got the monkey off the back. Um, I, I do think that, that it was it was a nice performance from the point of view of uh, we kept James Belshaw's uh, hands very warm, but it was uh, very nice to watch some of the football that we played. Uh, and also nice to see Jordan Slew get on the, uh, on the end of one. Yeah, wonderful to see him get on the end of one. And more than that, like... He and actually the, the whole forward line had a really good game. Um, I agree with with what Joel and James have said. Um, we, we we could have scored more. Um, I thought Forest Green, to be fair, they threw they threw the kitchen sink at us as, as much as they could in the second half, and they probably deserved the, their their one goal. And you know, as everybody said, it would be nice to just a bit more of a cushion because we scored more from the earlier chances. But brilliant to see see Slew on 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 the on the, on the team sheet, uh, on the score sheet. Sorry, um, we'll talk about Appington in a minute, but good assist there as well. Um, and, and just just a good a good two good attacking performances, um, which is just which is really really good to see. Um, I thought, as I say, the scoreline at, at Forest Green was probably about right because they had to throw the kitchen sink. They're losing two 0 They've lost four at home already this season. That was going to be the fifth. And they've got no choice but to try and show their own fans. They're obviously going to throw everything after them two 0 down. But um, yeah, it was a good performance. Well, well, des- well deserving of the three points. They were they were they were throwing everything at us, but uh, a burger or a meat pie, obviously. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get that one in, you know, you know how it is. Um, so yeah, you, you may recognise my opening line for describing the Accrington game because uh, um, Joel Accrington on Tuesday night we ended up one apiece, but it could have been four before we scored. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I've seen a few people say that a draw was a fair result. And it's nonsense. Absolutely, Absolutely. battered them for most of the game. And it, it's ridiculous. I think Accrington they did a good job of killing off the game when they were when they got it back to one-one. Which look, the penalty was fair, but it was ultimately fortuitous. A bit really, it was. It came from a loose touch and a bit of a reckless challenge, and they they didn't get the penalty through kind of devastating attacking play. You know, it, it, it's happened through. Just because it, that those kinds of things happen sometimes in, in, in football matches, but overall we 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 take them to pieces. I mean, like I don't want to go leaning on too hard on stats for like just one game as well because it's it's a bit of a minefield. But like uh, if you look at the expected goals, you take the penalty out. We've created way more than they have. We've created way more big chances. We've we've had way more shots on target. We've had way more shots inside the box, and it's just like. I don't really get it. I know they've seen the game out quite well once they've got it back to one one and fair play to them, you know. But that that to us, we're not used to seeing that against Accrington. We we usually used to holding on against them. And exactly. in this game, they've they've been a little bit for, fortunate to get a penalty 
get the equaliser and fair play to them they've done well to kill the game after that they've they've you know wasted time they've run the clock down they've slowed things down a little bit but before that we we were all over them even in the second half i thought they came back a little bit in the second half but we've still had three really good chances in the second half and they've had one which is just a penalty i think it's worth making the point as well they had one shot inside our box in that second half and that was the penalty they I know they, 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 I think they pushed on and got a little bit more territory in the second half, but I don't think they really created anything, anything from it. And yeah, it, we, we, really, we really created quite a lot. And some of the football we played, I think, especially in the first half, was really, really exciting and really, really cutting. And yeah, it, I, I, maybe the last 20 minutes and recency bias has affected how people are viewing the game. But look, you look at the, you take that game as a 90 minutes and, we, and we've hammered them. And it's got enough to come away with all three points. What I will say is it's, it's not as good in his last season to miss out on a couple of points. I think last season, when I remember the Portsmouth game last season, when we missed out on a couple of points, I I just felt sick. I remember feeling so frustrated and and down about it afterwards because there there weren't in, in such a tough league and League One that were, there aren't that many opportunities to get those points back on the board. But I think as we've shown already in League Two, we're, we're very competitive in this division. I think. You know, we, we it, it's not entirely. I think we could well be pushing towards some of the promotion places if we have a good season. And yeah, there'll be more opportunities to pick up points. It's a shame we haven't managed to quite finish off the chances on Tuesday night. But I, I, yeah, as with anything, the, the important thing is that you're making the chances, and we've made a lot of them on Tuesday night. And yeah, they didn't quite fall our way. They didn't quite go in on Tuesday. But if you keep making them, they will go in. And that, that's all you can do. You just got to keep creating those chances, keep creating more than the opposition. And if you keep doing that, more than likely, you are going to get the results in your favour. It, it's um, it's quite funny that you mentioned Portsmouth last season because uh, obviously um, the last time I remember us having four one-on-ones that we missed them all was Portsmouth last season. And we had four one-on-ones. Uh, maybe you could call one of them five one-on-ones, really, but... Uh, obviously, Slewy had that chance early on, which he took first time, and the keeper made a really good save. Uh, then Jake Taylor rounded the keeper, chipped it, and the lad got his head on it. Yeah, look, look at the replay. It's interesting. I think he was. I don't know, but I don't looking at the replay. He looked like he tried to cross. He looked like he actually tried to cross it. It was definitely a one on one. It was a one on one, though. Yeah. Obviously, JJ, the ref gave a good play on because Mellon was being held back, and JJ ran through, and the keeper made a good save. Uh, and then I was sat, obviously sat in the stand watching it and I was like, we will create, even though we'd done nothing for the last 20 minutes of the game, I said, we will create at least one more chance. And it was a great through ball from JJ. And Slewy took it first time with his right foot and unfortunately didn't hit the target. So, But like you say, we, we've created so many chances in that game that it just wasn't true. I think two two things that I noticed, obviously both teams tended to play a little bit more football against the wind. Um, we sort of lost our way a bit and tended to go long in the second half and didn't really work, uh, particularly after they equalised. Um, and I thought we played better. We we created more space in midfield for both Jake Taylor and Eli King in the first uh, first half against the wind. Um, and the second thing is, I do think you're absolutely right. Aquiton played the game very well. As soon as he got that fortuitous penalty, I don't know who... I don't know who cleared it, but they absolutely hammered it at Tom Bloxham and he tried to trap it and mistrapped it and then went trying to get it back. Was it was that you, James? You cleared it to James, him? Or... Yeah, yeah. I thought it was you, yeah. I didn't. I, no yeah. blame. <laughs> no blame. You should have turned out, shouldn't you? You should have talked <laughs> that easy and turned out. <laughs> well, the thing is, could we have the wind behind us? If that would be, I'd have shot. <laughs> yeah. But it was one of them, from your point of view, um, you know, uh, from the team's point of view, you know, you've got to be disappointed with that because we did we did play particularly well on the night. But uh, it, it, some people were saying it felt like a loss. But I was like, well, it, I think we'll play worse than that and win. What do you think? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, first thoughts after the game, it was two points dropped. Still is, to be honest with you. Um, I think we did play well first half. Part of them, as you said, we played more footy maybe first half. Oh, I think early on we realised they was they was in a four four two. Um the two strikers were just like shuffling, so we knew Kingy was spare. Yeah. We tried to work it to him and that it worked quite well. So um and second half they changed. I don't know if you realised they played their 
the number 10 is it the skipper for them he was more on Kingy so stopping us he was stopping us a little bit more is that Pritchard like, yeah Pritchard he's a good player then. Um, yeah, yeah. and also I would say like you know it's a little, you score just subconsciously sometimes you, you play a bit more direct maybe trying to get t- territory because they maybe had it more second half I don't know really what it was but Similar to Father Screen, I think just a bit frustrating the game the way you know half time came in thinking I was at nil nil. Yeah, like the, these right. are so lucky actually to be in nil nil, but you know, just gotta stay positive and going forward we, that that's what we need to look at, trying to kill teams off when we're on top. You know, we I think it should have been at least two nil at half time. I don't know about you, but I think yeah, first half especially we battered them, they couldn't get near those and then even second half thought we the best side, but Oh, we have to just take a punt and move on, don't we? Yeah, and like I say, um, uh, middle-aged, James, <laughs> um, it, sometimes it is frustrating like that. You, you don't get exactly what you deserve, but then uh, the rub of the green tends to go for you across the season. And as I've said, we'll probably play worse than that and win maybe Colchester on Saturday. Who knows? I think we'll play well against Colchester on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree with you, Freeze. I mean, you know, the, the, the good thing about the Accrington game was in, in open play, they only created like minimal chances, like 0. Point, less than 0.3 XG, um, which I said to Joel by being the one to mention that tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally, like almost nothing created in open play. Um, penalties, unfortunate. As, as Joel said, it's quite slightly fortuitous. It's, it's, a, it's an iffy bounce. So you feel sorry for, for, for Tom Box. It's just one of them, one of them things. Um, but overall, yeah, we should have won it comfortably. Um, like I say, I think I think I, I felt um, I felt that the result against Forest Green was fair, was about right, because they they had to throw the kitchen sink at us. I think Accrington, we should we should have been we should have beaten them comfortably two or three nil, um, and and that we didn't. Well, you know, it'll it'll, it'll come round in our favour at some point. You, you, you know it will, because that's how football works. Yeah, but um, a, a little a little bit about the evening. Like I said, it was it was wind affected, but the pitch looked absolutely immaculate. Both teams, um, I had a couple of mates there who are not regular visitors, and they both said it was. A, they thought they really enjoyed the game, and it was a really good good quality game, given the conditions and given the fact that they're both he classed as both the mid table league too. He said the quality was quite high, and I, and I think. Uh, Joel touched on it re- regarding the Forest Green game. I think having Jake in there a lot in the midfield has, has made us just a little bit, a little bit more thoughtful, Joel. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's been unfortunate. He's re- he was very unfortunate last season. It looked like he was kind of being set up to kind of really tie down kind of all of the kind of attacking eight kind of creative midfield spots. But then injuries have kind of flared up and then they've gotten in, in the way last season. But I think even early on, I was looking at few things and he, he was kind of one of our bigger creators even in in quite a short space of time so the fact obviously we've come down to the vision the sides reshuffled a bit initially there wasn't really a space for him but how things go in football there were injuries there were suspensions and where you know one person goes outside for that maybe that reason another opportunity opens up for another player and, and that's just kind of how it works in football and uh obviously he looks so far to be taking that opportunity He's creating, he's getting in behind. Obviously, he's had that one-on-one chance, which is a bit of a tricky one because he was kind of going away from goal. I thought the keeper was very good, actually. I think they've had him on emergency loan. I thought he did a very good job. Uh, He made it hard in that situation. But, yeah, he's creating well. And, you know, like like we've said, we created a lot against Accrington. We deserve more. I think it's an interesting point that uh, James has made about the kind of having that extra man in midfield and, and the tactical orations that kind of Accrington made at half time. I don't know if, it, if this is kind of felt on the pitch. I don't know if this is maybe a little bit of the because Accrington switch obviously we switch ends at half time. I, I'm in D block, so I see a little bit more of what Accrington do in the final third in the second half. But I thought they pushed their fullbacks on a little bit further in the second half of, as well. I think that yeah, I think they pushed a bit higher and they they pinned and them doing that made our wingers draw back a bit a little bit further which I don't think they actually created a lot from it. But what it did do is it just meant that we couldn't quite have those extra couple of players up the pitch. So when we did get the ball full, we couldn't quite make make as much of the kind of interplay between Bloxham and McKinnon and everybody. But yeah, you know, he, he's a smart manager, John Coleman. And, you know, at this level, like, 
he's a regular, despite having a similarly to Derek having a limited limited budget, I kind of do class him in the same category as they don't need very much to succeed at this level. And yeah, um, it's been a good game. I think in fact, Sacrington gave it a go. They they helped make it an open game generally for the most part. But I just think we would by a little bit of a distance the better side. And before I, we, before we discuss the uh, the oncoming away game at, at uh, Colchester this uh, this weekend. I just want to touch on first thing of obviously the Neil Harris situation at Gillingham. Uh, Gillingham just outside the playoffs, um, and uh, the new owners have said they want to go in a different direction. So presumably that means you're downwards in this division by sacking Neil Harris, because I, I, I see that as a very negative thing. I think he's done wonders. He very nearly, very nearly kept them up uh, in the division above. Uh, and when he got the players he wanted in January, they were they were top four, you know, in the in the form table. Uh, and I think it is only a matter of time. Apparently, reading between the lines, a lot of the home faithful were very disgruntled with only winning one nil at home um, a lot of the time, saying it was wasn't very edifying to watch. But um, I, I find that really, I mean, you know, I don't know what they're expecting: champagne football on uh, lemonade prices. It's a bit strange. And then moving on from that, and I'll come to your opinion on this one, uh, Mark Hughes at Bradford, which is absolutely hilarious. What is it? Ten managers in twenty minutes or something they've had, Joel? Bloody hell! I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where their head is. And obviously, Derek uh, left us to go to Bradford, uh, returned to us, and we know what he thinks of Bradford. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm quite happy to say. You know, he's gone on the record saying that that you know Bradford City is behind the scenes is quite a toxic club because there's people there protecting their own positions, and that would appear to be the case, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think he did a, an interview with the, the Bradford local paper, the Telegraph, in Argus, just a, leading up to the game at, uh, earlier this season. I think I think he made quite a good point in it, really, and that like Brad, things aren't going to go right right for Bradford until they. Find a manager they, they they really want to settle with and stick with him and back him and help him succeed in that division. And I think what what does make it difficult is they've got a very big crowd for League Two and they turn very. We, we've we've seen so many times over the years they, they turn very quickly that crowd and it's hard to get them back on side. You look at Mark Hughes. I know he was a big name announcement, but you know he's a. Oh, I don't want to be like disrespectful or anything, but like. In the day, it was it was a few. You're gonna years, be. <laughs> I'm gonna be. It was a few years ago. He was managing at the top level, and football's moved on. I, I remember League Two football when around the same time that he was managing, and the the, the kind of the tactical thought behind League Two football nowadays versus maybe like five to ten years ago is is way is is increased massively. I think so, and. It's just it's a division you kind of have to know, and you've got people. Like I think Derek's a great example of somebody who just gets out to succeed in this division, and it's it's different to managing the Premier League. I think ultimately, like I think, imagine giving somebody like Pep Guardiola, not very much, maybe isn't quite the right, right example, but you know you've got some very good managers at the top level of the game who are amazing at coaching top level footballers and getting them to get a bit of a groove out of them, handling the egos at that level, and putting a, a successful game plan for footballers who are that technically that good to be able to succeed but it's it's a different kind of it's a different ball game at, at this level and you've kind of got to implement different things to succeed and just because you're good at you've had a little bit of success a little bit of success 10 years ago at, at Premier League level doesn't necessarily mean you're you're best qualified to do a good job in League Two. And I'll come to uh, to James from the board now um, this is it, it, it tickles me, and um, I'll, I'll 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 give you this stat now because I've checked it, and somebody somebody put it on one of the message boards today. And uh, Bradford have had ten managers in seven years. If we go back ten Morecambe managers, we go back to nineteen eighty five, and that says everything about Morecambe and, and everything about Bradford, doesn't it, James? Yeah, it's sadly for Bradford, it does. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think a couple of things in, in all of this. I think that um, Derek was right when he said they won't get a better manager than me. I remember having a having a, having a chat with Derek and a, and a soft drink with him, and and he could um, have done the accent. Yeah, well, I, I can't. I, even though I'm married to one, I can't do a Scottish accent without it being laughable. 
Um, I can do Scouse though, James. Um, <laughs> well, we'll come to that later. <laughs> that later. But no, Derek was right. They, you know, they weren't going to get a better manager um, in League Two than Derek or in League One for that matter, and they didn't. And um, I remember a lot of crowing and a lot of nonsense about you know the size of the brand and everything else. And it seems to me that some clubs, even though they've got a lot of money and they should know better, go on the brand and the name of a, of a manager over the actual performance of the statistics and, and their likely success. And that's just beyond me. I don't understand why anybody would make a decision on that. Um, it's like, like you know, I, I like to think I've contributed in some tiny way to um, the, the, the running of Morecambe over the course of the last few years. Um, but, you know, the local lads here have asked me to run a team in a dad's league. And I have. And I'm absolutely awful at it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> there's no way of translating a little bit of like business now at Morecambe to running a team in a dad's league on a Friday night when everybody's scared and being dickheads. Um, so, like, I think, you know, Bradford Bradford should know better, but they don't. Um, I agree with Joel on the big fan base. That is a factor. But, you know, they probably just need to spend a bit more time reading some Kipling. You know, if you can keep your head on all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. And you, you can't respond to to, to, to fan, um, fan noise because everybody's got a, a right to have an opinion, but the opinions aren't actually often that informed or that thoughtful. Um, and they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They don't know the other factors. They don't know which players are carrying injuries, how difficult it's been to get um, a, a, a particular um, set, set of the defenders to gel or whatever it might be. So, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for Bradford because they'll just do this again and again and again and again and again. And eventually they'll they'll happen upon um, a successful formula and they'll get out of lead two. But, you know, a stop block is right twice a day. So moving on to Colt Willett, that was a good laugh. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was worth mentioning because the simple fact is I do feel sorry for Neil Harris. I think the Colchester thing, I understand they've given him his he's given him time because they've got new owners in in and they've given him a bit of time. But I still think if you're just outside the playoffs in League Two, you're not exactly a million miles away, are you? But anyway, there you go. And like I say, Mark Hughes took Bradford to the playoffs last season. They lost out to Carlisle. Um, I just, I, you know, like you say, it's, it's a bit knee jerk. Um, but anyway, there you go. So, Colchester, uh, uh, Andy Cook took Bradford to the playoffs last season. I think you mean, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I'll come to this again, and I'll come to this again because, and this is relevant to you, James, now, in the simple fact that uh, uh, Bradford, uh, the, the, the most exciting forward that I've seen this season has been Jake Young at Swindon, and he's on loan from Bradford. Are they on drugs at Bradford or what? It just doesn't make sense. What was Jake Young to play against, uh, like to play against when he played for Swindon, James? Lively. Quite lively, yeah. yeah. He was. He was good to play, to be honest with you. Yeah, good He was good the game, yeah, he's quick. Good player. To be, to be, you look how well Swindon are doing and he's the, the top of the top of the list in the stats, isn't he, so. Exactly. And yet he's on loan from Bradford. And I'm like, oh, are, they, are, they, are they on drugs at Bradford? I don't know about you. Well, who cares? Anyway, Colchester. Um, it's a strange one, Colchester. Uh, they've had some... I can't work it out. They're, 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 they've been OK at home. They've drawn with Mansfield. They've beaten Notts County 5-4, which is a good win. And they've beaten Tranmere. They lost to MK Dons. Uh, but then away from home... Apart from a really surprising result, they've been absolutely bloody awful. So um, it's a strange one. It's 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 not a ground that's done us any favours over the years, though we have played quite well there, Joel. And uh, snatched we've snatched a couple of one nil wins. One when we only had one shot on target in the entire game, and uh, and came away chuckling. Um, but um, a difficult place to go again. Colchester's another place where because they've got this big ground. And this fan base, they, they can turn quite quickly if you get at them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one, the the one shot on target thing, I think that might actually have been Carlos Mendes Gomez's first ever start for Morecambe. Yeah, um, possibly. I think it yeah. Might be. But uh, I mean, yeah, they've been weird this season, haven't they? They've they've had you know a couple of good results against pretty damn good teams. They've obviously beaten the uh, Notts County five four the weekend, which is very very impressive. They've they've turned over Gilliam on their own patch three 0 but then they've, they've they've maybe struggled in quite in quite a few and obviously like you say the, the draw against Mansfield is uh, yeah that's no mean feat Mansfield the very good side but yeah they've either they've lost lost at Crew lost at Newport it's like who yeah they've they've tended to lose what you probably regard as some of the some of the easier games and just looking at the numbers a little bit I think they it looks like they're creating a fair amount but they're also uh, conceding a fair amount of chances as well so 
they seem like quite an open team. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of goals in all their games. Obviously, against Notts County, I'll do better, I think, against Notts County. Well, I mean, Notts County are a funny one because you expect a lot of goals for and against Notts County, but then we've gone and, gone and drawn 0-0 with them, haven't we? So uh, we've kind of turned up the books on that. But yeah, look, they've got some decent forwards. I think they probably will be okay this season. But... Johnny Kinder, our old friend Johnny Kinder. Yeah, Johnny Kinder. I mean, he's given us plenty of uh, trouble in the past, hasn't he? But, uh, Barnett, but I, 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 you know, as we've seen, I think uh, James is very adept at dealing with very, very large strikers, as we saw against Salford as well. So, uh, yeah, I, it's going to no be... pressure, James. No pressure. <laughs> it'll be a tough, it'll be a tough one, no doubt. I think they're going to throw a bit of a, a bit of us attacking wise, but it does look like they'll probably be opportunities for us to work at get them and work at them on the break and, and hit them in behind and everything. So yeah. I, now especially now we've kind of gotten that psychological hurdle of the away win out of the way. Hopefully it's something we can just crack on with and just move on from that all that kind of away form monsters and just focus on the performances and getting the results. So uh, looking at the preparations for the game, James, uh, have you done anything special to to uh to to uh look at the way they play or uh, are we just Confident in our own abilities going down there and playing our game. Uh, yeah, not really. You know, it's quite like um, every game's similar the way we prepare. Or like we've had a little look at them there today, and we will tomorrow as well. Obviously, we had the game Tuesday, so there's been a bit, there's been a recovery group, and that's they've been training. We'll do stuff on them, but we don't do much to be honest with you. We just we focus on ourselves, especially that we've been playing well. I think like if you know we want to move on to our own game and play well. We like to think you know good good chance against them. I think all the, the the better sides and best games I've been involved in. You know you're focused on yourself, and sometimes you can worry about the opposition too much, and you know causing your problems just in your own mind. So we're just focusing on ourselves really. Yeah. So are, are you uh, presumably travelling down tomorrow? Yeah, travelling down tomorrow to Longbourn, similar to Gillingham, I think, isn't it? But yeah, we'll travel down tomorrow in the hotel and stuff. Yeah, bit, bit, bit of a nightmare trip, like I say. Uh, and coming to you, James, uh, uh, handy game handy game for you to go and see, I suspect. But it's at the wrong end of Essex, actually. Like, even oh, for me, well, it's, terrible even <laughs> it's like still probably going to take me two and a half hours because on, on Saturday, which I, I appreciate is not a short journey. Um, it's going to be an absolute killer for for, for any, anybody who wants to travel away. So I'll just get it out quickly and say... What are you, what are you doing, cycling there? No, 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 honestly, it, it's just the wrong end of Essex. You have to go around the M25, across, across the river, and then, like, way up. It's, it's almost Norfolk-ish, like, where, where Colchester is. Well, it is, yeah, to be fair. It is, it's, it's sort of, yeah... It's very close to Bury St Edmunds and what have you, isn't it? But but with the trains and the road and the roadworks and everything this weekend, um, massive credit to people who travel travel down. And like I've got, you know, I'll, I'll make a point of coming and saying hello to anybody who, who does make the trip on Saturday because it's a brutal trip to get down to get down this weekend in particular. Um, but yeah, it, I'm, I'm looking forward. To it. They they look like a, they're a lot of fun. They're, they're a bit like you know we were at the beginning of the the second League One or the first League One season where. It was like you score three, we'll score four, or that type thing, or we'll score three and you'll score four. Um, you know, they, 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 they look, it'll be a good, it'll be a good, good game. I just wonder on the monkey on the back slash away form thing, do most of our squad even know about that? Like, you know, James has only played a handful of away games, and he's been really competitive in almost all of them. And there's one, one of them. Our squad's changed so much. I'm not sure there is a monkey. There was a monkey on our back. I think it was just, you know, us Morecambe fans projecting last year's form on this season and. The last one was you know, League One on a tiny budget um, with an entirely different squad. So I, I, I yeah, I'm not, I'm, never, I'm not sure that monkey ever existed. Well, there, there was a, a monkey on Donald Love, Farron Rawson, and Jacob Beddoe's back. How's that? Yeah, yeah, there, there you go. There you go. I'm not sure that, like, James, did you even care or know about our away form last season? To be honest, not much. I know we just came to last season, came to Bristol Rovers and got a draw. So, um, Oh, what, mention the game at the Mizuma, though, won't you? Uh, I know. Well, I weren't playing. I was playing. <laughs> that was, that, was, that, was oh, that explains played. a lot, then, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I played in. I was injured for the other one, but yeah, you were good last season against us. Like, really good. It was yeah. actually after that Bristol Rovers game, James, that I, I got drunk with a mate and agreed to cycle from Lansdowne to John and Groats. And I, I actually have since that game done it. 
but it was all as a result of, of getting a reasonable result at Bristol Rovers. And, and, and why you still stood up now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still can't sit down. <laughs> so uh, we'll come to James now. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Scouse origin, uh, at time at, at time at, at Blackburn Rovers, uh, then picked up by Cardiff and then loaned to Bristol Rovers and then obviously uh, quite a lot of appearances over two seasons at Bristol Rovers. How the hell did you end up with us then, James? Come on. <laughs> How did this happen? Um, I don't know. It just happened, to be honest, all quick. I was um, obviously was in other full pre-season with Bristol and stuff and then made the decision, sat with the club and I wanted to get out on loan. It was looking like League Two and, you know, there were a few clubs, spoke to Morecambe and, you know, really just um, spoke to the manager and stuff and I just wanted to get down and knew a few of the lads and work it up. And then, um, obviously, playing, I've, I've known lads who play for Morecambe before and stuff and, they, you know, I just couldn't wait, to, couldn't wait to get up, to be honest with you, and uh, get some regular game time and stuff and, you know, since I came in, I really enjoyed it. I've played every so far, to be honest with you. So uh, Derek didn't have to do much persuading then, is that what you're saying? Yeah, not much to be honest with you. Yeah. I um I, I knew I was I was gonna go gonna go somewhere probably in League Two and I, I spoke to him first. It was on I think it was the Friday. I think it was the Friday, the week before the deadline short and ten minute conversation and you know, I just like what I heard from him. He was straightforward with me and honest and then since I came in I've seen that he's just proper honest manager and you know He's just no messing about. I've enjoyed every moment so far, to be honest with you. And uh, it's funny because um, we, we're, well, uh, this is care of care of Joel. Uh, we we tend to have uh, or have have had successful centre back partnerships where, uh, and this is care of Joel two thousand and twenty two. This is his copyright. Uh, the centre backs are uh, one lion and one gazelle, which obviously. The lion was Faz and the gazelle was Jacob Beddo. And we made the point last week that James Connolly's come in and we're now playing with what we consider two gazelles. How, how do you, uh, uh, what do you think about that? Because you're, uh, you, you're a little bit more subtle than Faz, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Faz is a good player. Obviously, playing against them before, he's been unlucky not to play. I think, you know, I came in suspended and stuff. and JB's obviously a good player as well. He's young, only a few years older than me. So, yeah, I think we've got some good players in every position, not just centre-back. And I've came in, played it. And yeah, Faz has been a look. He's a good player. And to be honest with you, he's, help, he's helping us two loads on, on the tra- training pitch. And you can see that before the games and stuff. And our little bit of shape we do. He's obviously more experienced than us. And, you know, he's helping loads. He's really good off the pitch as well as on it. So when he could, like he came on a the screen, you know, his voice was helping all of us, and yeah, he's been helping loads. We've got some good players, obviously, centre half, but all over as well. You know, two players for each position. I think we've got, haven't we? So, so do you you consider yourself another gazelle then? Because obviously, you you you're up against uh, you're up, up against Big Smith from Salford, and it became fairly evident that you were like, well, you can have the first one, but I'll pick up the second one. And you played him really well that day, and he ended up getting really frustrated, didn't he? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think you you know you, you look at different players, and I like to look at them playing against and stuff. And you look at Big Smith, like he's made it, he's made a career on winning the first contact flick-ons, but if you go tight to him, that's what he wants. Obviously, I'm not as big as him. So, you know, if I was bigger than him and stronger, maybe I could, could go up. But, you know, we speak before the game and say you'll be playing against him and stuff and looked at Matt Smith and think, I think anyone would be... Stu- I've watched him against Aidan Flint, for example, winning flick-ons. So, I'm not Aidan Flint myself, so I just think looking at him, let him win the flick-on and, you know, I'll, I'll sweep up behind and pick up the seconds. I think mm-hmm. if, you, know, you, you look at the best players in the world, I think they, they do that, to be honest, as well. Even in the Premier League, you know, you, you can be too honest at times, can't you? Trying to win everything, but sometimes you just can't. Would you say it's almost like a case of like working out what battles you can win and what battles you can't win? Yeah, it is. Yeah, to be honest, it's you know like a game of chess sometimes. But, but I think you you see the way we were playing the other day. Like we you have to work the opposition out. But some strikers are quick and they hate the, they hate the physical battle. But 
Matt Smith, John Kim days, like they want you to get, especially if you're smaller than them, they want to feel you, where they can roll you and stuff. So I think it's a centre back, you'd be stupid to get into their fight. Yeah, I've got to admit, uh, people like that, and particularly like coming Saturday, John Akinde, he could run coach trips round him. He's that big, isn't he? He's like, so you've got a similar thing to deal with, because, you know, although I'll, I'll give him his due, he's pretty good on the ground. He's got a good first touch as John Akinde, and he does rely on you because he has got quite a good turn on him, despite the fact he's the sounds of a semi detached. So uh, it could be an interesting game Saturday. Yeah, he's, I played it. I think I played against him a few times. He's came on, though, like towards the end of the game, it sticks, you know, the rock on him and think I let him take the first touch, but sticks to him, he's a good player. But as I said before, you know, we'll look before the game, who's starting and stuff, and just make a little plan between me and JB or whoever's playing. And, you know, we'll work out what we're going to do. And, you know, if you can't go and win it with them, or there might be another small striker, you will certainly go in tight with them, or we'll just work it out on the day. Yeah, but he's a good player, you know, different challenges every week. Oh, you coming in now, obviously, uh, you've held your place uh, and that's got to be good for you. It's been good for the team. It's, uh, like you say, Faz has reacted positively to it, so that's good to hear. Uh, and obviously, it's a long, a long, long, long old season. We've got, we've only played 10 games. We've got bloody loads to go. So at some point, uh, we know there's going to be, uh, as we've seen already, sendings off and, uh, and uh, accrued bookings making it the effect. Um is is your is your aim just to come here and get as many games as you can? Yeah, to be honest, I, I just come in here and just said that I want to play as many games as possible, and uh, being a team who wants to challenge. To be honest, um, with amb- with ambitions, obviously we want to do well this year in the league. You know, the aim is to get promoted. You know, I, I'm not like uh, I don't mind admitting that. To be honest with you, but yeah, personal, personally. Just play as many games as possible, and you know, I know it's a long old season. It's important to try and stay fit, and but like, it's just all bit. You look at all the big clubs. There's going to be competition, like in bigger clubs and clubs who do well in any league. You know, when I got promoted a few years ago, there was competition for places, and it's a long old season. You know, you get around that Christmas period and Saturday, Tuesdays. You can just never guess what's going to happen. There's always surprises and injuries and suspensions. So. I think everyone has to dig in together. And as I said, Faz, the way he's reacted, Melton, he knows he's going to have to play a part at some point. He's going to come in. So you just need to do everything right until you are playing. So, yeah, you never know if uh, 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 Jacob gets injured or something happens there that you might have the lion back and you could be the gazelle. So that could be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be. Yeah, I haven't played with Faz yet. So, yeah, I look forward to it. Yes, he's, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uncompromising. <laughs> uh, that's, that, that's, my, that's the word I'm using, Faz, because I know he listens. So uh, he'll be listening in the car. Hi, Faz. <laughs> so looking at you personally, um, obviously you've come in and you must be looking down the dressing room thinking, good God, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm one of the middle-aged ones here. <laughs> yeah, I was, to be honest with you. I, I didn't have a clue. A few, like, obviously being aware of the team sheets and stuff when I came in, like looking at Mellon and you Kingy, uh, Blockhall, JJ, everyone's so young. It's like, I feel like I'm in like my own age group, you know, when I was like in academies and stuff, you're in your own age, everyone's your own age, but it's mad. But, you know, there's some good players, especially the young lads, the older lads are great, Jan and Slew and stuff, they're really good voices and Donald and stuff, but the younger lads, good players, JJ, the way he takes the ball and Adam, well, about Adam, Adam's a baby. Don't know how old Adam is, 18, 19, but some playing he's using it for his for his age as well. So some good really young players, yeah. So you, you know, presumably you know Kingy from Wales under 21, is that right? On Cardiff. Yeah, Cardiff. When I was at Cardiff for six months, I was there living around the court. I was quite close to him at Cardiff and we had a good team for 21. So spoke to him as well before they came and you know, he only had good things to say about the club as well. So, yeah, it made me mind up for me, really. And and how was it making an appearance for the under-21s Wales? That must have been uh, that quite an occasion. Yeah, it was. It was special, to be honest with you. Um, that was only my... That camp I went to it was my last chance because of my age. Yeah. The camp afterwards would have been too old for them. I was a bit disappointed the camps before not to get called up. 
And obviously we got promoted and the, the manager phoned me and said, hey, you know, I'm going to call you up, give you the cap and stuff. I'm closing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah, you must have been very, very proud. Yeah, I was. Obviously, it was because of my granddad. He was born in Wales. He's not here now, but I knew he would have been looking down on me proud. So, yeah, it was massive for me. I was, I was buzzing, to be honest, yeah. And you won. What's that? We won the game. Yeah. Yeah, you won yeah, the game. Yeah, to be honest with you, we played um, Gibraltar. They, they, they weren't too good, to be honest. The, the first game was against Holland. And they had uh, like Sven Botman playing and stuff. He's at Newcastle now. They had a really good side. I was I was good to not to play there, but you know, Gibraltar winning it like we were going into the game thinking like Gibraltar who's good. But they weren't that bad. It was two 0 you know, decent game, but yeah, it was good, you know, just ticking off clean sheets. I was nervous and stuff, so I was happy to get the win, yeah. Hey, you can only beat what's in front of you. Oh, uh, you can, yeah. yeah the game, isn't it? Uh, there's a cliche that I can live with. <laughs> uh, right, um, Joel, you'll have some questions for James. Yeah, uh, also Gibraltar, uh, Dave Artell of Gibraltar. I believe he's a he's a, he's got a couple of caps in there, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's up against Robert Lewandowski and uh, Thomas Muller, which I'm sure he had him in there. Uh, I'm sure he had him in his back pocket. But uh, yeah, I think forming. I think we've briefly spoken about it. The kind of Forming a partnership, obviously, with, with Jacob coming. I think you you mentioned in your interview that you drive in with Jacob. No, not 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 Jacob. But do I drive in with him? I drive in with Charlie Brown, Donald Love, and Chris Stokes. Oh, I need to get my hearing tested. No, then. He's a, he, he's on the Manchester. There's a Manchester car school. I think it's Badu, Taylor, Davenport, Max, and one more. Uh, Joel Senior, they've done a little Manchester car school. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I, in the gym. I, 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 don't, I don't know how I've managed to hear that, but I guess the, the, the general point is when, when you're kind of like coming into a new sem, uh, set, set of back partnership, uh, what, what how, how is it difficult to kind of build a relationship with you? You kind of you set the back partner, is it something that strikes up quite quickly? Can it take a little bit of a while? Um, I think. It, so, sometimes, maybe, yeah, I think it depends on, you know, the characters. I think I've came in, I've obviously played against them a few times and we're quite a similar age and I've got like a few mutual mates who we both played with. So we were just talking from there and we do quite a lot of um, like um, unit work and training. So like the defenders will go off on midfielders and so we're doing loads of work together and, you know, we just got on straight away, to be honest, off the pitch as well as, well as on it. You know, I think we complement each other quite well the way we play. And it's it's part of it as well, I guess. Kind of a lot of kind of communication and how you can speak to each other and how you kind of help help each other out when, especially when you've got like some a team breaking on you. You've kind of got to cover quite a lot of space between you. Is a lot of the kind of managing that relationship and managing the defense, kind of how you communicate with each other on the pitch as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, to be honest, they've been big on that lately um, since Jeds came in as well. He'll um, sit us down and we'll watch the clips and we'll speak to John. We'll do loads of unit work, so like in the back four, like practicing on shifting together, moving as a unit and always staying in touch with each other. And we speak before games, and like, you know, we, I think you'll you, watching games, you know, when centre halves go missing from each other, when, you know, when they lose the distances, you know, that's when it starts to go wrong. So we're big on that together, staying close to each other and always being on the cover for each other and whatnot. So, we talk quite a lot about it, and yeah, it's worked well so far. I think you what it's interesting. Obviously, I think I I, I could ask something about the, the transition of having something like Jed come in and having that extra member of staff to help take you aside and do these kind of drills. But I, I don't think I, I don't think you've been here much longer than Jed's been here, so you've probably not known too much different, have you? No, not really. To be honest, it was like Jed just Jed just come. So when well, Jens came in straight away, like we got told he was going to go through clips and stuff. So I think he spoke to he spoke to the gaffer. He knows the way we want to play. And when I came in, it was just made very clear to me by the gaffer and John uh, John McMahon that you know the way we play. It was quite easy to be honest. It's simple. There's not much, too much information, which sometimes can be annoying for players. Or, or when you come into a new club, loads of information that can be tough. But just simple stuff and. Really hard, you know. They just want you to do the basics really well, and then once you do that, you know, you can build on other stuff, and it's been it's been enjoyable to be honest. Yeah, 
with the kind of shape training when you were kind of in as a unit, I think oh, I think it might have been Hangerland. Uh, he used to play for Fulham doing an interview chatting about Roy Hodgson, saying how like the team used to almost like they used to like I think I, I think there's a few man I think I'm pretty sure I've read something about Rafa Benitez he used, he used to do this decide in the how he set he used to get training sessions when people would just kind of all line up on the pitch and their defensive formation just he'd shout where the ball was going and then you kind of follow it. So is it kind of similar to that? You kind of literally similar, yeah to be honest we we'll do load with, with the ball so like if the ball gets shifted, where do we go? But lately, we've been doing um, one without the ball to start with. So we'll work off someone else's movements. So, like, if the ball's on the left, like, what does what does the fullback do? And I, I've got to speak to the fullback. Obviously, if the ball goes left, you know, you, your man behind, yeah, he can see everything. So he's talking the most. But then you've got, I've got to keep him in with me and stuff. So it's all about us talking together as a unit and just getting them relationships going, really, yeah. It's massive in the back four. No, definitely. And then kind of moving to just finally just moving on to you when we when we've got the ball as a back four. I think you've obviously come in and it's quite clear that you you're handy on the ball. But I think we've seen it most against Accrington. I think they 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 sat off particularly when we had the ball, building that from the back. And I think what I noticed you did quite a lot and quite a few times is when people sit off. I think you turn the two against Accrington. You you seem to like taking the space. And just driving the ball forward into that space, and 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 then making the four pass in there, and sometimes obviously following up for a for a one two or a pass back, and just making an extra number going forward. So what what's kind of going through your head when you're making those kinds of moves? Um, as I said before, I look so uh, early on in the game, I look how they're going to line up, and we spoke before Father Scream, we knew they was a two up top, so there'd be the base bare mouth for those in the middle, and early on, I just seeing the way they were lining up and this they four four two they want me or Badu to get the ball and play long really they, like they don't want us to wait and shift it we shuffle one of their strikers out we can play into the middle so I just thought like it's a little bit like chess as I was saying before you know it's cat and mouse waiting for who's gonna make the first move so I'll just I know they they don't they're trying to stop Kingy get the ball in the middle so if I if they block me playing to him the space for me to drive in you know what I'm saying? So it's just about what the opposition doesn't want you to do. And obviously it's all good talking about it went well. It can on other days it can go completely wrong. But you know, you you've just got to look at like I just try and work the opposition on things. Sometimes it's like go right, sometimes it can go wrong, but obviously we went right the other night. That's really interesting. Thank you. Yeah, back into you, Freeze. Well, thanks for that, James. Um, fingers crossed uh, we will be looking at another positive result. Hopefully we'll create a lot of chances at Colchester and this time uh, somebody might take them. But uh, my final question of you, oh, gold's gone, don't know why. Um, my final question of you is talk us through that finish on Tuesday night. All of six yards out. Oh, that time to think about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah, I was just, I've been trying to get back like, be a bit of a nuisance in the box and you know, I can't even remember what was happening. I think I ended up on the floor looking back at it and just got up and just try and be in, in an area. I think, um, yeah, we, we speak about set pieces a lot. Yeah, they're so important in every league. You look at like Brentford and now, don't know if you've seen their, their manager on Monday Night Football the other week. They have a big bonus scheme on set pieces. It's massive in the game and I think obviously if you keep the back door shut on defensive ones, then why can't you go up the other end and be a nuisance in the other box? So part of me getting trying to work on to be honest with you, and hopefully a few more goals come. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, I, of all the one-on-ones we had, that was the most difficult, I say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long that to be honest, I don't know much about it. I think it just hit me. But hey, who cares? Hey, striker's instinct. You might have been trying to get out of the way, but look where it ended up. Of course, yeah, you don't complain when it's in the back of the net, do you? No, I, you actually did. I watched it back today and I thought, you actually look quite surprised there. You went, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying, to be honest, I'm saying to the lads on the, on the way up in the car, you know, been trying to get onto a few um, set pieces and stuff, and I was just like, just relieved to make me fun, to be honest with you. It's always good to get that first one ticked off, so... Yeah, I was buzzing to be honest. Then, obviously, to put us up in the game, you know, it's always a bit of a relief because we were so so up in the game without yeah, a goal. Yeah. We, you know, we were the better t- better team. So, 
but like I just said a in the interview after the game, you know, I'd take any day not scored and winning the game. I was gutted to be honest with you. We didn't win. Yeah, yeah, but like I say, um, and we've all agreed, you know, we will play worse than that and win. Although James says we're going to play better than that and win on Saturday. Is that right, James? Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. There's no such thing as an away monkey for Morecambe, and uh, and if there was one, it's it, it, it's done. It's it's dead and buried now after after Forest Green. There's no reason why we can't can't win at Colchester and every weekend. I mean, that's that's the lovely thing about this team. There's, there's belief coursing through it. Um, there's no team that scares it. So let's just win every game. And I, and I think uh, I, I the, the last two performances. Uh, They've been coming, Joel, haven't they? We've where it, it takes time. We're ten games in now. It takes time to build that rapport, both on and off the pitch. Uh, but we've said um, in the past sort of two or three weeks that sooner or later uh, we're, we're going to start clicking, and I think we've clicked in the last week. Uh, and sooner or later, the chances are going to start to go in. Hopefully, Joel. Yeah, I think it's been a. It's been a. I think you can see kind of the. the the built how how it's built over the, the kind of whole ten games of the season so far. Really. I think you could see kind of early signs of it in the first few games. Obviously, we've had that really nice move. I remember with our opening goal against Col uh, against Wal uh, against Walsall, sorry. And then it's kind of been in. You've seen flashes of it, and then the flashes become a bit more frequent. And then in recent weeks, it's really really started to gel. And I think ultimately, when you recruit that many new players as we've had to this summer, it's always going to take a few games. But I think in the grand scheme of things, we think things have come together quite quickly and we're really starting to see the fruits of that labour now. And if we just keep playing the way that we're playing, I'm sure we'll we'll continue to kind of kick on in the division. And my, 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 one of the points I want to talk about, a final one really, is um, because we've got this situation with, uh, obviously Adam Mayer's had an injury, Fazza's had suspension, Jan's had suspension, uh, we've had numerous people come off the bench and make an impact. And all of it, I, I looked at the bench on Tuesday night and I thought, actually, that's that's a pretty strong bench given the the, the squad that we've got. Uh, and there are people there who can shore up a defence should they need to or balance the midfield should they need to or come on and, as Ethan Walker proved, proved give us a goal. So uh, as long as we can keep injury-free for the next couple of weeks, we're looking pretty pretty good, John. Yeah, I think we've got not the biggest swab, but I think the quality we've got in and around the first eleven is really, really strong. I think, and I think you, actually, if you look at some of the areas of the pitch, I think we're, we're particularly strong. I think centre back options, not just saying this because James is on the podcast, but I think centre back options are probably one of the better ones in the division. And I think some of our kind of centre mid options with Eli King and uh, Jake Taylor, Jacob Davenport's not playing for us for Christ's sake. He's a, no, no, he's he's a, a very player. good player. Yeah. And Jay, the, the way that JJ's kicking on, and then you've got kind of Jan Songo there to anchor it all. You know, we've got some really good options in different areas of the pitch. So, yeah, as long as we we have a little bit of fortune with injuries and suspensions and nothing goes too badly wrong, then, yeah, I think we've got a lot there to be able to really kick on this season. Well, that's I think we've been pretty positive there, as, as per normal. Um, so uh, let's bring the mood down and talk about... Talk about James in the boardroom. Obviously, uh, we, I've already alluded to the fact you haven't been on for a while, and uh, there are obviously many, many reasons for that. But it's nice to have you back. Um, what can you tell us? What's going on behind the scenes? Anything or nothing? Is it, are we just sort of like in stasis? <laughs> we're in stasis. I mean, the, the, the last update that um, we put out, which was pretty detailed back in August, there's not been any like massive material updates since then. Um, but we, we we're working actually really constructively with with the owner now, and we're um, we're working on 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 finding alternatives um, to um, to own the club. But also the, the team day to day is working really hard to continue to improve things. We're still we're still hiring good people to work for the for the club on the football and non non football side. Um, we've got a new whole finance. We've got a new first first team analyst. We've got a new first team coach. So, there's, there's, there's lots of there's still progress being made. So as much as it might feel a bit like um, the, um, the the clubs in in limbo, and as much as the outside world, as much as they love a, a narrative, will say that that's not actually true. You know, there's there's been lots of progress made. Um, so you know, it, we we were all working together. Um, no major update since that since that big detailed update in in August. Um, and we'll find we'll find the right the right owners for the football club. But it's not like we're not making decisions in the meantime. 
Um, and, you know, whilst other clubs that apparently have settled ownership, uh, changing the managers and making ridiculous decisions, we'll just sit and do what we do at Morecambe, thank you very much, and uh, and watch the team quietly go under the radar. And that's that's what this team is doing this season. You know, no, no, nobody's really taking any notice, but... Um, and I can say it because nobody else outside of Morecambe listens to this podcast. But we are going under the radar and we'll keep doing that. And then suddenly, suddenly, in a few months' time, people will go, oh, shit, they've done it again. We should have been watching. And that's... that's <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, actually. And it is a fair point in the fact that um, I haven't watched the highlights from the Football League this week yet. Uh, I have recorded them. But I, I haven't watched them yet because we do feature just about as the last one of the last two matches every single week. So we're definitely going under the radar. Like I say, it's, it's safe to say it, but like you know, it doesn't matter whether it's whether it's the TV coverage or whether it's the podcasts that cover the league. Um, you know, we're, teams they're always talking about what the opposition's not done against us rather than what we've done. Yeah, um, that's great. That's wonderful. You know, like take advantage when everybody's looking in the other direction. That's that's, that's what you do, and it goes back to what James has said a couple of nights, a couple of times about chess tonight. If if your if your opponents think that you you're, you're not in the game, then take advantage of it. It's um it's a good thing. Behind the scenes, we're we're all working together. Um, but we are moving forwards. We're making positive decisions. We're making positive hires. We're making you know making making positive progress. Even though, yeah, of course we 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 would like to find the right owner for Morgan Football Club, and the current owners would like to step away. But it's it's not stopped people trying to make things better. So the the one the final thing I'm going to talk to you about is it must be quite quite fulfilling to see the progress that we've made off the field and also the progress that we're still making on the field because people quite rightly were there was a lot of people saying it was doom and gloom about relegation and um obviously I I, I spoke to you after the the, the relegation at, at Exeter on the on the final day and I was like nobody's died it's just all we're doing is going back to the division that 15 years ago we were absolutely elated to be in and now we look at we look at the situation and it must be quite gratifying as a board to see the amount of fans that came with us in league 1 have stuck with us in league 2 because the the uh, the attendances have been pretty good haven't they yeah yeah i mean like you know we we we, we sold almost as many season tickets in league 2 as we have, as we did in league 1 and that is more than three times as many or almost four times as many four as we sold the last time we were in league 2 um, and all of the off the field improvements that have been made have, have been maintained. And you know, the, the, Derek has done what Derek does, which is build a fantastic squad of, of, of people. There's no fillers. Everybody, everybody's ready to do the job, and we're competing again, despite all the changes in the summer. So you know, it, like no matter what happens behind the scenes, no matter who owns Morgan Football Club, the the, the 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 thing that makes it so 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 special is yours. But we're twice as big as we were last time we were in League Two, um, and we're yeah. not. No, we're not. We, we we were sitting like pretty much rock bottom of the seventy-two in terms of um, scale of club and fan base, and also all of the professional functions behind the scene. But we're not anymore. You know, we're we're a proper competitive side. You combine that with what James is doing on the pitch and what um, the likes of Derek and Greg and Jed are doing as well, and there's no reason why we can't make everybody look silly again. <laughs> you heard it here first. I hope you're right. Uh, you fan- fancy a bit of Wembley, James, later on in season? Not really, no. Um, is that for me, that one? Yeah. I don't fancy Wembley, no. I'd rather do a few of the autos, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. Be positive. Yeah, be positive. And uh, and why not? And like you say, it, it, it's it's something that oh, I, I never really thought of it until you mentioned it, James. But you're absolutely right. We are flying under the radar. And that's exactly what happened the last time we got promoted three seasons ago. So long may it continue. But we flew under the radar last time because there was there was no crowds. Uh, now there are crowds. It would be even more satisfying to do exactly the same thing. Well, it would. So, yeah. But our crowds are twice as big as they were the season before that. So it's not quite yeah, as big yeah. as an advantage as it used to be. No, exactly. It's a good point. Uh, right. Uh, Joel, anything finally from the trust for us? Not too much this week, really. I think uh, currently in the process of just putting together a few ideas of what to do over the year ahead. So there were kind of plans for different events uh, kind of around Halloween, Christmas, and then what to go, what to do kind of going into the next year. A couple of memories about maybe hopefully we might be able to get the toy appeal going again this year, but we'll have to kind of see who's available to run that, but hopefully we'll be able to get that going again this year. So yeah, just kind of looking ahead to what, what we can do to contribute to the fan base over the, over, over the kind of season and year coming ahead. 
Grand. Well, there we are. This has been episode nine of ShrimpNet. Um, two things I want to finish with. First of all, thanking both Jameses for coming on. Uh, James Connolly, I sincerely hope that all the centre houses at Bristol Rovers stay injury free and you don't get recalled uh, because obviously we want to keep you and uh, we like what you're doing. So thank you for doing this. Keep it up. Uh, and if you could smash another one in from six yards on Saturday and show the forwards how to do it, I'd be very grateful. Hopefully I can, yeah. You know, I'll be made up myself. Um, thanks for having me on here, lads. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Yeah, if you could start competing with Mellon uh, for top scorer, that'd be even better. Yeah, hopefully. Probably won't, but you never know. <laughs> and uh, James, great to see you again. Uh, hopefully this will become a, a more regular thing. Um, because we've, we've missed the standing Wakefield. <laughs> I've missed you too as well, and I'm glad you didn't make me do a Scouse accent, because that would have been embarrassing for me and James and everybody. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah. But there you go. Right, this has been Shrimpnet number nine. Thank you for listening. If you're travelling to Colchester and enjoying this on the way down, uh, bring back all of you, bring back safe three points, uh, and we shall see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>